This week's episode of PJ and Dax Real Football Podcast is brought to you by Mystery Shirts UK. Mystery Shirts are an online platform that provides you with random football strips from across the globe. We search high and wide to give you as much choice as possible, from Atalanta to Shakhtar Donetsk and everything in between. Tell us your size, which clubs to avoid, and we'll do the rest. Whether you're after a gift for a football fan, fancy a new shirt for five aside, or maybe just want to add to your own collection. Whatever it is, Mystery Shirts have you covered. Boxes are available at www.mysteryshirts.co.uk. That's www.mysteryshirts.co.uk. Why not order yours today? All right, everybody, welcome to episode 23, an absolute beauty today. Former Rangers player Bob Malcolm. Bob, I appreciate you coming on, mate. No worries. A legend, we're flying Le- legend out there. A legend, <laughs> legend, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Bob, tell us about what it was like as a, a youngster at Rangers, some of the players you were with. It was amazing growing up. Uh, used to go and get my photos took with the players and then obviously being in that environment with them, cleaning their boots and stuff, was something that oh, I was dreaming about when we were growing up. Yeah. Uh, fortunate enough for me, I got the chance to do it. Uh, like cleaning Ian Durant's boots, Alberts, Loudrop Gascoigne, uh, all these players is was amazing for me. It's mad, it's no it's no it's no the glips in the arm, is it? But, you're, but it's something that is as you said, Bob, always as youngsters would pure what idea Joe but just to clean the players' boots, man. Definitely. Wish it was me. <laughs> so obviously we've had like similar ages and that and we've had guests on who have been at full time and stuff in the nineties and two thousands and stuff. You're talking about cleaning McCoy's boots. Do you think that stuff's important? And it's obviously gone, like you've mentioned. Do you think it's important when that was there? I think definitely it gives you a sense of, it's like a job. Basically, you've got your own job to do. Uh, and at that time, the standards were high for the first team right down to the end of eights, nines, training at the Albert's Complex. So we had to, it took into your jobs. You had to, everyone had to be spotless. As I mentioned, Bomber used to keep us in four or five o'clock at night. Uh, Doing jobs, the fuck about the guys would come in and flick all the, the boots off the pegs, or the kit would be because we were the boot room boys. The kit room boys would, would be them that done it. So we'd go and throw the kit about, and that kept us in even longer. So it was a nightmare. And then at the end of the day, everybody's in the showers throwing slips, <laughs> hitting each other with towels. <laughs> what was Bomber like? Because you hear the stories and all that. But what was he like as a as a coach? Brown, Bomber was Brown. I, I know probably you've heard a lot of stories at net. People didn't like him and stuff, but I think at our, our age group, when we came through, there was eight, nine, ten boys that made it into the first team, so he'd done his job. I know he might have been a wee bit strong and harsh on players, but that's the way it was back then. You had to deal with it, you sank or you swim. See, like you're saying, I mean, it wasn't even something I was going to ask you about. You came through by a lot of boys, like you said, that went on and played in the first team. Rangers in particular, they now don't have, you've got Patterson really, and you don't have much. What do you think the difference is for back then, you knew that there, is, there was such an influx of players going through? It's hard to pinpoint. I would, I would say the big thing is the, the will to win. The, no, the will to win, the having to win. Mm-hmm. Like we were taught, drilled into us that we had to win every game, no matter who it was. Not just Celtic, when you played Cowden Reef, you had to beat them. Uh, and I, I think that's been taken away, but I know I've seen an interview it was Stephen Gerrard's brought his, an 18-year-old Liverpool team up to play against the reserve team at Rangers or the under-21 ones or whatever it was. And uh, they battered them 6-0, 5 or 6-0. And uh, I seen an interview after the game and it was Graham Marty saying oh, they played great football and stuff. 
no matter, it doesn't matter if you play, you get battled 5-0. Aye. And Can then, and I, th I think, sorry, I think as well that I know a few coaches that have been in there over the years and it's, there's a, there's a set, that this is what you're doing on Monday, this is what you're doing on Tuesday, but how, how can you do that if you've just been beat 5-0? It's, it's crazy, you need to work on things that you're, you're no great at, so I don't know if that's it. I, I don't know if Giovanni have come in and changed things about, but uh, that's the way it was. Uh, and maybe that's the reason why they're not producing players. Do you think that obviously you're involved, you're still involved in senior dress rooms, obviously with your, new, with your role with, with Alaba the new. Uh, do you think the dressing rooms are the same, but do you think that, do you think that mentality is the same on the young boys? Do you think that they've, like, do you think the young boys still do the jobs that they used to do back, like, back when you were a young player and all that? No, there's no, no chance, it's not allowed now. The Aye. parents don't allow it. It's mad, uh, isn't it? I don't know, it's, mo it's modern day world, everybody's mollycoddled. Uh, Character building in it, but probably it is, the things that you all witnessed when you were young boys makes you grow up that wee bit, mm -hmm. that wee bit you, quicker, doesn't it? If you don't do it, so there's a punishment. It's not a punishment where you get battered or anything like that. It was a Aye. punishment. The old punishment used to be the, the home dressing room. I don't know if you've ever been in Ibrox, the dressing room, the shower room. It was just saw tiles, like small tiles. So Bomber used to get his toothbrushes and go through all the grout. Clean all the grout so that it was everything was spent and span. It's funny though, like I was in at Clyde for a season full time, and um, my job was obviously you know what God was like. Seeing you walk in and you get this all carpeted and mm -hmm. you go like the manager's room and the uh, home dressing room, the away dressing room. Yep. My job was to hoover that back corridor, and uh, I. It's like, how's that a big issue? <laughs> I mean, what, what's the problem? It took me half an hour to do it. Yeah. I'd go out and hoover it and then that would be the end of it and you'd just, that was your job. See, see I, I was in it, when I was in it Fissel, and I was singing, I was 16, 17 at the time. See the things that the senior boys used to get ah. you doing, man, and you were back gullible because you were wanting to make such an impression, man. I'm away looking for, uh, I'm looking for, oh, tart the paint. I'm away opening doors, man. Long stands, they're sending me to an arse stone, not going down. Go and get that long stand. That happened to us as well, yeah. Go and ask the chairman up the stair, and I'm away up to the chairman going, hey, the boys downstairs were looking for uh, sky hooks, not. He's like, fuck off, you man, just get back down the stair, not there, having you on, and you just, you just hate because you're that, you're that keen to impress, not that. Well, I seen a thing, uh, I heard. I heard you talking about a thing, um, cleaning the, the bus, the team bus, mm -hmm. and I suppose that's kind of similar. Like if you, I don't know if you've heard that story, you'll be able to tell us the story about cleaning the bus and kind of then uh, the gaffers firing up with the motors and all that after it. Aye, uh, we were in, it used to be a, it, was a, it was a, ended up being a, a Friday afternoon thing. Uh, we, we never played until a Monday, so we would get uh, Saturday off and then be on the Sunday for training for the game on the Monday. And uh, we used to clean the, the buses. We used to be, Bomber would pick five or six boys and go like, right, go and clean the, there was three or four buses, the first team bus and then the youth team buses and stuff. So the first team bus was a big milk sprinter. You opened the back doors and put the hose down, scooped all the, the grass out. But this day, we wanted everything done, the seats, all sorts, you're like, oh, gonna be here all day. So he came out, we've cleaned it, he came out, checked it, no good enough, cleaned, had to clean it again. Just cleaned it again and uh, he came out, no good enough. So we're all like, oh, fuck's sake. And uh, he's come in, so he's come through the bus and I'm standing with the hose, like, hanging out the window, because it was miles away to go and turn the water off. So he said it wasn't good enough again. I was like, oh, fuck. So I started spraying him in the water. <laughs> and uh, he's like, I think you're funny, you cunt. And I was like, <laughs> I thought he was actually going to me. <laughs> and uh, he's like, follow me. So he's soaking, he's like trainers and that on, he's dripping, it's all the DD gear, so it was heavy as fuck. Uh, he started marching through Ibrox, like the, the the home dressing room and all that. It was all like blue mats, 
so it was like waterproof, it stopped, stopped you slipping. And uh, give me paper towels. It's like every step that I take, you get down your hands and knees and fold me. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get down and dry all his footprints. <laughs> 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 uh, my son got back to it. Like, oh, I could have picked you back to your dad and he's like, would you sort of gaffer for him? Imagine saying that again. The manager made me. The manager made me. Put my hands and knees and wipe up your footsteps. I remember we won. We played. Was he scary, bomber? But no, even as scary as in like. You think you could take him? Would you take him? No, no. Back then, no. He's in his sixties now. No, but he had that fear factor about him because the way he played. Think so. That's what. But other boys brought bought in it. John McGregor was there as well, and he was he was the same sort of. He had, I think he had a two-year two touchline ban or something at that Eddie. time. He used to go mental as well, but it, ne- it, never, it never stopped the boys from playing. Aye. But I who, know who, sometimes now if you shout at somebody, they take a wee back, back step, but it's, they, we weren't like that back then. Who took you under, like, who took you under their wing? Like, did any of the players do you think took a shine, a shine to you and took you under their wing? Well, gro- growing up, I knew Durante. Right. Uh, just my dad and I used to drink the same pub as he drank in, so I knew him. Uh, I played with Charlie Muller's uncle's team at Rangers. Right. For under 12s to going in full time. So Charlie was always there, so I knew him. And uh, my dad used to work with Barry's dad on the roofs years ago, so got to know him. He used to pick me up to take me to training and stuff. So they never took me under their wing, but Aye. they were there if you needed support for him. You always just didn't know if there was ones that some players, some take a wee shine to a young player, didn't they? No. Try and yeah, there, there was, there was like, the, the, to be fair to the first team was they used to look after you with the Christmas night comes. Aye. But I had 15 players boots today. There was another boy who had 15 players boots. Then the kit boys, so they used to sort everybody get Christmas bonuses. They used to take the country, you right? you send you, get rolls and sausages for them and <laughs> go to the bank for them and all this, but they sorted you when it but came to Christmas see, time. See, at the same time, that probably made you feel party, I know, but because you're in there, they get to know you. See if they're asking you things, even though they're taking a piss of it. You get to know the first team players and you look at some of the players that when you were a young player, just getting in, uh, start full time. I mean, McCoy's and everything. I think McCoy's brilliant. I've actually played against him a couple of charity games, and he's a nice guy. Just mm-hmm. even like when the cameras on there. Yeah. What was it like being in that dressing room? Because that was a, a team of serial winners. To be fair, it was always laughing and joking. Aye. Never, even though Bomber was probably the same sort of sort of type as Walter series, but like they would, they loved a laugh and a joke. Uh, and that's what that full dress room was like. Even the foreigners that came in, they bought into it. Uh, it cost the Gaza, uh, Ian Ferguson, Durante, Charlie, Scott, Alec Cleland when he came in, Gary Bowling, all these players, Ian Ferguson. Mm-hmm. So it was, every day was a laugh and a joke, but when they got on the training pitch, it was everything they gave up. Unbelievable. Eh? Can only never never yeah. let off. I can remember Gaza. Uh, don't know if Andy's ever said the story when uh, he punched Reno Gattuso at no, training Monday. I've uh, He used to train up at the Annie's Land behind, but used to build bakery Aye, behind it, Jordan Hill. And there was playing, playing fields in behind the, the new, I think it's new houses now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were training, it was, uh, Gattuso wasn't there long. And, uh, you know, he was like, he was always going to be tackling people and two-fitting people in training and stuff. And he kicked Gaza and Gaza said something in Italian, basically, Aye. you can watch what you're doing. And he'd done it again, bang, and Gaza stood up and punched him. <laughs> and Reno started walking half the, half the training ground, but it was miles away. And uh, Archie Knox had to drive up in his car and take him back to the training, head back to Ibrox at that time, it would have been. But it was meant, and that's what it was, everybody was the same, 100% training, but that, that day Reno did take it a wee bit too far. 
What, what was he right? So obviously he was really young when he came to Rangers, and then you see the unbelievable career he's had. Do you not play? Do not play right back, man? At third, at sometimes he played. He played right back at Park. He didn't get accepted. Aye. aye. Mm-hmm. What, what was he like as a as a youngster coming through? Because he wouldn't have been that much older than you, would he? When he, when he came, his first trip was to Belfast. We played in a couple of testimonials, mm. and the gaffer sent him across to play them. And uh, to be fair, he wasn't great. Didn't look great, but. It was the same, he was running about tackling right. and he just gave the ball. I think Fergie was playing a couple of the games. Gave the ball to Fergie and he'd done, he done his bit. But I think the way he played helped other guys in the first team, right. like Stuart McCall's, Gaz's, Loudrops. He went and won the ball and gave them it and they played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... And you know what it's like, we've all played with guys who might not, I mean, I'm not going to say that about too, so he's played with AC Milan, won the Champions League, whatever. But guys that weren't technically brilliant, mm-hmm. but they were absolute workhorses. They just freed game, up man. everybody else. Knowing your game, you need it, man. You need that as well, man. I think I think that's why he's had such a career. He's mm-hmm. had. He's he's never done anything fancy. He doesn't do step overs. Doesn't do fucking back heels or anything. Keeps right. it simple. When, yeah, when the were, his name was actually getting touted for a job. A few uh, people were touting his name for a job when uh, Gerrard's just left there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what I think of that myself personally, but obviously. Giovanni's got the job and that is what it is now, isn't it? What was Van Bronckhorst like? So obviously you were in at the same time as him. Do you think you'll be a success at Rangers? I think he will. I think he's, he's got a great football knowledge. He's obviously he's a great player. So, But the Dutch, they've got this arrogance. They always want to be better than mm. everybody else. So uh, He'll come in and he'll put his own stamp the team. Bring in who he needs to bring in and I'm sure they'll kick on for you. Is that what they were like when all the Dutch boys were at Rangers at the time? Were they, were you there when they were all there? Aye. 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 Mm-hmm. Was that what they were like? Was it something else? Was their mentality different to other people or that? No, or no, no they weren't. The, the mentality was there. They weren't, the more mentality was already there. Aye. Uh, I think they brought the quality, maybe a bit more quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Arthur Newman, unbelievable. Uh, Gio, who else came in? There's a few Dutch players, Rickson. Mm-hmm. So they, they brought in that bit of quality, but yeah. also never took away the work rate. They were always working hard. See, see, see one thing for me, Bob, is I don't think probably you'll get enough credit yourself for how good a player you must have been, because for you to make the breakthrough in that squad and in that team and be in that first team, your ability must have been very good back then. No, I, I know you're probably not wanting to sit no, here. I don't think you're wanting to sit and blow smoke up your arse, but isn't it? Look at the players that are in yeah, there. And I, for you I, to be running about that first team and, and playing games and that as well, that you've obviously had to fucking be half decent yourself. See, growing up, what was your background like? I assume it's like most boys where your dad took you to football and all that. How was he? Where like when you were getting close to the first team or when you went full time, was he very was he hands off or was he quite hard on you to push you? No, to be fair, my mum and dad's never been hands on that way. Uh, they, they never well, they still can't drive, but uh, they didn't drive when I was young. So I think my first club was Blue Star, mm-hmm. which is crazy. So if I couldn't get a lift, I had to walk up, uh, which was a bit of a problem because I was from Spring Boy and. Uh, they used to fight with Cranhill, which was on the way to the Casey, so they had to walk through. Uh, but after that, then, I was there for a couple of years, went to Wills, and because Wills and Blue Star had a bit of a yeah. conflict, then they wouldn't release my papers, which then made me go to Rangers with Benny Muller, Charlie's uncle. 
uh, and then just kicked on for there basically. But um, my, uh, my obviously the support, my mum and dad supported me, but they weren't really. They took me. My dad used to get his pals whoever drove to try and take me to games and stuff. Uh, but he never, you know, he never pushed me as in like told me what to do or tried. Yeah. And it was always left up to me. Monkos helped a lot because they, they both of them could drive. So see, they took me training and stuff. See, when you were in at Rangers and you were going full time, did you know? Because obviously you know what it's like. It, you're getting to that stage where boys in the team are going to get let go and boys are going to get picked up and carry on. Did you know or did you have a good feeling that you were going to be one of the ones that was going to get a contract? No, no. No, no right up until the last minute when you get called in. Because uh, the thing for me was that... I could play centre-half, I could play centre-mid. At that time, Rangers played three at the back as well, so we had wing-backs. So I played a wing-back, so I was always getting moved about. And maybe that's why it was good for me going into the first team, because I could play all the positions. But uh, no right up until Bomber gave me the phone call and told us to come in to sign the contract. Uh, I was never in my head that... I was definitely getting a contract. What was it like after mm. that? See, when you got that contract, man, what was it like? What it was, it was feeling must have been unbelievable. It was, it was weird because it, it was normally like I know my Pierre McDonald Pizzo, uh, He was he's also the same age as me. He had went in a couple of weeks before me and signed the contract, and like Walter Smith and that was there. But the day that I went, it was a Saturday, and the first team up went mm. away from home, so that he wasn't there that day. Uh, so. Uh, it was not. It wasn't a big thing. Obviously, I, like, I think it would have been better for my mum and dad now yeah. if he was there. But mm-hmm. obviously, going up the marble staircase and signing your contract and things was a big, massive thing for them. Uh, but I think it was. It was. It was weird because I'd already been in there. It was already been. Me and Pizzo had been in there probably five or six months before we were due to like should have been there. Like we had to had to get permission for school to take the six months off to go in and train full time so I'd never took it for granted but I, I never ever said to myself that you're definitely getting a contract so mm-hmm. Is that what happened? Did I take, <coughs> take you out of school for six months to go? Well this, my, the school were good the, to be fair Mr DL who was a head master he was a Rangers fan used to see him in the right. car parking and stuff right. at Ibrox so, <laughs> so he he was he was fine but it was they knew that I didn't like school they knew that I wasn't going to because basically when the exams that came, I was messing about. Mm-hmm. I didn't turn up for classes and things. So I'd done, they'd done a deal with, the, for my last year at school, they'd done a deal with the college next, right next to the school. Right. Saying that, why don't you take them in there? And, like, I think it was tech, technology or something. Something them. you've obviously worked really hard at, I think, because <laughs> I can't remember the <laughs> no, I, I can't remember the course, but it was basically just a, it was, it was a mess of it. It was uh, getting in. I was t- I'd done it, to be fair, but then... And the chance they're going into Ibrox six Aye. months earlier came. We spoke to Sai and he was saying the same when they were got to their college class in it, man. Your your thoughts are all, oh, man. I'm going to be a professional football player. I'm in at Rangers. I'm in at Celtic. You're not getting it. You're you're not getting it. You're all, man. Are you really with the things? Yeah. It's just mere. It's a tick box for the club, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But it was. It wasn't the club that done it. It was the school. Was it? The school knew that it was. Right, right. Good that they helped you with that, though. Obviously, because <laughs> you know what it's like. They would have known that. Further education for, the, for your whole way through wasn't going to be mm-hmm. in, <coughs> in the path for you because it was football, it was always intention. Uh, so it was they good knew, for them. They knew that because of my, uh, when my birthday was, I had to take an extra year at school. So they knew that after my exams, I was fucking about. So uh, that, there's no point, there's no, no point in being here for another year. So that's why they came to the thing with the college, take them in there, 
he's gone. He's, he's gone to go and play nah, football anyway. So my mates were like helping him. You get any stories, but with uh, well, any funny ones? One I was going to ask. About, like, I was, you're on the ball. You then. just spoke about uh, Peter McDonald there. I was going to ask. I've been told to ask about the sausage story. <laughs> the sausage story or Pizzo. We were in. It was uh, probably everybody's first Christmas night out when we were in full time. So if we we shouldn't have been drinking. We were too young. But there was a. Is it, remember the old Clyde Barrett used to be in the mm, Queen Street? Mm-hmm. No, it was Queen Street, aye. Queen Street, Street, aye. So they, they didn't care, they just let anybody in. So we were all, we were all in there, there was about 15s, 20s. And uh, we've come out, we were getting into town. And there was like just a random guy in waiting for a train and he's been eating drunk, eating a sausage supper and he's threw one of his sausages away. Pete's with a white shirt on and it's landed right here, <laughs> full of tomato sauce. So he went mental and he's that he started fighting with the guy or arguing with the guy and the guy said something so everybody started chasing this boy so we get 15 guys chasing <laughs> one guy he tripped up and like Pizzo's kicked him but the way he's kicked him he's done his ankle oh, and that's what oh, that's then it became his problem but oh, what? it was mental it was just oh, one of so, so Pizzo would have been probably I don't know if he'd ever listened to this but <laughs> sitting there like Pizzo's, Pizzo follows on Instagram, mate. He's yeah, follows it. If he'd had that sausage, I'd have played a lot better. Them two there don't have Pizzo with a sausage because he didn't like it. Break his foot. And to be fair to Pizzo, he would have been, he was out for a while with that, and he was, he was, even at that age, he was getting spoke about for being involved with the first team. So, I don't know if that's that set him back a wee bit. Aye. Just a bit of daftness in it, I know, man. It's always the same. Moving on for that, but. Tell us about, you made your debut against Dundee United. Mm-hmm. How was that going in? And being, kind of obviously, you'd been about the first team for quite some time. Like we'd said earlier about the nine in a row team, you'd been in with legends of the, the game up here. How was it for you getting in and playing with the first team and just being part of it, kind of completely part of it? Uh, I, I, was, I don't know. It's, see, because I'd, underwater, they, they played... They played a lot of friendlies like against Rafe Rovers and teams like this because of the the, the biggest the squad they had. So we got to take part in some of them, and that was like Andy Gorham's playing, Stuart McCall's, Bomber, Durante, all these sort of players. So you, you, you were in that environment, and even though you were a, you were a kid, you were still they they wouldn't like go like you're only 16, pal, you're no involved in this. They got they involved you. So I think that's what held me in good stead. That, when I was trained with the first team and Dick Nat came, it wasn't a problem for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be honest, I wasn't even expecting to go on against Dundee United. I think it was because we were we were cruising in the game and Dick just put me on. It was an opportunity for him to put me on, see what I could do. Do you remember a great deal about the game? I can remember uh, Charlie. Was, I remember the Dundee United, Charlie Muller and uh, the boy used to beat Rangers where Stevie Carson played. And the gaffer put me on it right back and Stevie Carson was playing left wing. So I, I knew that he was faster than me. I knew that he had, he's got decent skill on his day. So I, I knew uh, the first chance I got, he was getting <laughs> put up there. And, <laughs> and then I knew that he wouldn't come in again, so that's what I'd done. And uh, that, that's basically all I can remember. Brilliant. See, that's sad, isn't it? It's not, but knowing your opposition, man, put one on him, man, he'll not come near you again. Love it. <laughs> well, it went all right, I suppose, after that. I know. See, right. you were part of the, the treble winning team. Was there anything... Because obviously you're an established player by this point. Is there anything different about that season and that team? Uh, or was it just kind of at the start of the year? Did you feel just like a normal season? And you just went on and it's ended up being ridiculously good? 
Uh, that was just a normal season, came in pre day pre season. I think that that season was <coughs> different for me because I had, that was probably the first pre season I went away and worked and done things. We had a new fitness coach that came in just no long before the end of the season. Uh, big Alec McLeish had brought him in, uh, Frank Nuttall. And basically, he he was the first one that brought, brought in all the four minute stuff, like run for four minutes, mm -hmm. rest for three. And he basically just said to me, Look, this is what you need to do. You need to do this. Like, you don't have to do it every day, but do it two or three times a week. And you'll notice the difference. And I did it. Went away on holiday and did it on the treadmill and stuff. Came back and was flying. And then, obviously, the rest of the season, we went on and did the travel. Because you, you've been in with, obviously, Advocate was a before that. It nearly finished for you at Rangers with Advocate, didn't it? What, what, what happened? Uh, well, playing my mates had a tournament, Shelton Juniors. Juniors, aye. And uh, it was better. I knew I knew most of the people that was playing. The big Steve Walker, who was the Rangers physio, he was playing for, and he was playing for the Shelton team. Uh, big John Crookson, I don't know if you know Big Crookson. No. He played juniors for years. They were all playing for the, the Shelton junior team. And uh, it was just me and my mates I grew up with. And uh, we got to the final. And we played against, like, there was a Shelton. No, the junior team, there was another team that went and done, like, tours of Britain mm -hmm. with the five-side team, and they were like, really good. So we were beating them 3-0 and one of the boys who I grew up with went and tackled me but he like, tried to smash, like, I don't know if he tried to break my leg but he caught me in my knee. So he's jumped up, I've went for him, hit him and then my uncle, they were on the crowd and he, one of them shouted, you need to come off. And I'm like, for what? Because Edward was settled in at that point. There was a guy taking pictures of the papers with there. So jumped the wall, went, went away. Then found out that night there's going to be a story in the Sunday Mail. So the story came out, and then basically within two days, I think it was two days. Well, that was pre-season, so there was nothing really said at that point. And to be fair, like Billy McNeil and players like that, he did come out and back me and says, "Look, he's doing his bit for charity and stuff. Shouldn't he be punished." But when I went back to training, I'd been put down. Like at that time, all the first team had their names mm -hmm. on their, their kit. My name was on the kit, but then I'd been demoted down to back down to the reserves again. Then a couple of weeks later, my agent had, they were trying to take over Clyde Bank at the time. And they were playing against Wigan, and Dick said, go and play him in the game, and Wigan are interested in him, go and play him in the game and see what, how he gets on. <laughs> and basically, I went down and played in the game. I actually done well, but Wigan had said, look, he's no what we're looking for because I play too, try to play too much football and they wanted people that just kept oh, on the manager at that time was Paul Joe. Uh, and right. Lee McCartan <clears throat> that was there. Uh, so that, that was the reason for coming back up the road. So just put my head down, played the, played with the reserves and then Dick had left and Alec came in. What was it, um, just to go back on it, but I've heard you talk about Jan Vouters before um, and Kind of, you've said about them to take you under their wing, not necessarily take you under their wing, but he used to he used to talk to you quite a lot. Mm -hmm. but how how was before that happened? How was the relationship with like Advocate and then Jan Vouters and stuff? What were they like? No, that it's like got his nickname, the Little General. It was mm -hmm. not because he was on everybody's case all the time. It was more they put rules in place. You had to be at your lunch for one o'clock, say, and if you weren't there, yeah, it was a fine, an automatic fine, no matter what the excuse was. If you were seeing the physio or whatever, if you weren't there, you were fined. So things like that, he was regimental that way. But no, they were, they were fine. They were, he would have a laugh and a joke with you as well. Bert was just Bert. He, 
he just done training and was never got involved with really mm -hmm. anybody. Jan was more he was more the go to man. If you had anything to speak about them you would go to Jan and he would he would really how, how was Jan? Because I remember at that time when you were Rangers, I was playing with uh, like the under twelves or something at Rangers. And I remember Jan Vouters used to get eleven and twelve, I don't really know who he was, but he used to come down and watch your games at the complex and my old man would always be like, Oh, the first team manager assistant manager was doing watching and I didn't think much at the time, I just thought that's what happened. But that shows maybe the level of detail guys like that put in where he's going to watch yeah, well that, 10 or 11 year olds. That's the Dutch background, isn't Aye. it? They bring their kids through and into their first team. Uh, no, Jan's unbelievable, great coach, great guy. Uh, loved a fag, loved a coffee, loved a drink. Loved <laughs> a fag, that coffee. He did that, that's <laughs> true. He used, to, he used to nip out for his wee fag. Uh, but what a guy, never... To be fair, he used to join in the training. He was still that good at that age. Aye. Mm. Uh, never looked at place. But he used to always, like with me, he used to always take me aside and work extra on things. And I don't know why he ever done it, because like, I don't know if it got to my head, but he used to say to me, I saw Ronald Koeman, you remind me of Ronald Koeman, mm. the way like, you play and stuff. Like, no pace, same, but man, the way you pass and play. And uh, that always stuck in my head, but he used to say to me, look, to, to, get, to take that on that next step, like, see, when the international breaks, the players get a week off. I used to be in training with him. Aye. Just to try and get fitter. Because that, that was my problem, basically. I wasn't, didn't have great pace and I wasn't, was never as fit as what everybody else was. That's probably a cultural problem for us as well, though. Like, that's something I'd wanted to ask you about. And I'd, you've came through the tail end of the nine in a row team and then you've got Advocates team who, I mean, there were some superstars in it. And it's not even like... Saying that in terms of Scottish football, like you had the De Boers and all that, and Van Bronckhorst, like proper quality football players. Was the mentality different for them compared to the way that the nine in a row team, that was probably getting close to the end of that booze culture as well. Do you think there was a huge difference in the way the two, the kind of almost opposing in a sense, with the way, never, I don't mean mindset, I'm kind of rambling on a bit, I don't mean mindset, but the way the professionalism was? Yeah, I think that that was probably, that, that was a difference, yeah. Uh, it wasn't at the end because there were still players for that era that mm. came into that squad like Juki, Ian Ferguson was there for a year Craig Moore Charlie Muller Derek McInnes players for the 9 row era came into were still in Dick's squad so they probably still carried that on the difference was you had Arthur Newman's coming in from Broncos these sort of players that never really bought into the they bought into the, the full concept of the team like the team scenario but they never get caught up with the drinking and mm. unless it was a Christmas night or a special Aye. occasion but which is quite quite ironic because if you know Arthur Newman now then he's a total different guy he loves a bevy and he's always a li life and soul of the party but Aye. during his career he was never never like that I always thought let's see Arthur Newman like player. when I was at Airdrie um, one of the boys that played with us his old man they had a bit of money in restaurants and all that, and Arthur Newman became pals with his dad and used to come to our games. And even with us, he was always dead nice to all he is, and he was like a dead nice guy, but I'd heard they'd done that. Um, Onto the McLeish comes in, again, is there a change in the kind of mentality and ethos to the, the team going for Advocate to McLeish? No, no, there wasn't much of a change. It was the same squad. Uh, I think Dick had only just moved upstairs, so. He hadn't, he hadn't left at that point. Uh, but I think, obviously, Alec came in, you get that usual lift where the, the players step up to try and get in the team. But for me, it was good because, obviously, I knew that under advocate, I was never getting a shot. 
soon as Alec came in, then I was straight in the first team. I played these first, the first game uh, and, and played a run up until the end of the season, but I just missed it in the, the cup final. Uh, but Aye, did you think that then, definite, you weren't going to get back in with the advocate then? I, I knew that because my contract was up in the summer as well. Right, right. But that, at that stage, then there was interest coming in for different teams like Wolves, Ipswich, we're all sniffing about, and I had options. Mm-hmm. And I think my agent said to me that at one point there was a team fairly interested. So I was thinking, well, if, I, if nothing happens here, then I've got an option. Would that have been an option? You'd see the time when you hear that. Because obviously, you don't get lots of Scottish and English players no, going abroad. Maybe a wee bit more new with some of the younger English players going to like Germany and whatever. See, when you've heard that, did that kind of like was that an afterthought or was that something that you would have been interested in doing going abroad? No, it was something that was interesting. I can remember speaking to that, my girlfriend at that time. Can remember speaking to her, saying that I maybe need to move away, and even if it's not here, but England or abroad somewhere. And it, it, it was a, a thing. Then obviously when Alec came in, I got her in games. And then he offered me a deal, and at that point, and it was. Whatever yeah, offer was on the so. table was yeah. through the window. Was... Especially when it's your boyhood club in it, man. If you're getting that opportunity to stay at the club and the manager fancies you, you're gonna you're gonna bite the horn off him for it, ain't you? No, exactly. Listen, see, I don't think anybody at my age, growing up, was playing football for money. Nah. And I know that nowadays that's probably what most of the most of them do. They go for the money and the lifestyle. But me growing up was never about how much money I could earn. It was just to play for Rangers. It kind of goes hand in yeah, hand, doesn't it? Because if you start playing that level, you know you're going to be well looked yeah. after anyway. See, on the final day of that season, obviously, me being a Celtic fan, I'm looking at it going, just went to Seville, just missed it. Final day of the season, away to Kilmarnock. Pains you that, doesn't it? Pains you, you, can see you, can oh, hear I've it, can hear it. I've got another one we need to talk about after that's going to hurt <laughs> even more. But um, for you, Dunfermline at home, what's the dressing room like before that game? Because you know you have to... There's a good chance that Celtic are going to go and score quite a few goals, so you just have to go and bet it. I was there. I think he's, I was won, I think I think that I think he's won the league by one goal that yeah. season. I mean, that's yeah. incredible. Um, I'm blaming Alan Thompson for missing that penalty <laughs> rugby part. But what was the dressing room like before that? Was there nerves? Or? Yeah, there's nerves before every game, especially when you're playing at Ibrox, because off you know you need to go and produce every game, or the fans would be on top of you. Uh, we, knew, we knew that the fans were going to be behind us because it was uh, it's one of these one off games where you need to go for it. No matter what, you need to go for it, and that was that was the thing the gaffer kept on drumming into us. You need to go for it. You need to go, and that's why it was an attacking team. There was centre forwards playing left wing and centre mid just to get mm-hmm. try and get goals. Uh, and I think after all the excitement to try to go for it, we end up going one 0 down mm-hmm. straight away after a couple of minutes. So I think that realization of going one 0 down then was right. We need to go and no, just right. go for it now. Mm-hmm. And they did, to be fair, end up 6-1. Did you know much about what was happening at Rugby Park? Was there anything getting said to you at the park? Because obviously you are absolutely scushing it. But was there anything being said, the fact that Celtic were quite comfortable as well? Did you know? No, I think there was nothing said to, to any of the players or anything, but you could tell with the reaction Aye. of the crowd there was Aye. a goal or whatever was happening. Uh, you could hear the groans or whatever. But as soon as you, uh, Mikel scored, scored the penalty then, as soon as the place erupted, you knew that that was us back a goal ahead or whatever. And uh, I think it was a waiting game after that one. It was just yeah, to you. It must be horrible and all that. See, when you're, you don't know what's happening elsewhere and that, and as you say, you're trying to pick up the vibes off of the, the supporters bit, and you're like, oh, is that good for us or is it yeah. bad for us? Must be, it must be a hard one, yeah. isn't it? 
Look, as it, it happened a couple of times where the, not just that game, there was a game in the Champions League where we played into Milan. We, we had to think we'd draw or beat them and then hope that it was the same. The other game, it was a draw in the other game. And uh, at the same game, we were sitting about for five minutes waiting to see what the result was in that game. And then it ended up going in our favour as well. That was a draw, so we go through to the next but round of that. Before I ask you my next question, and you've brought us back into the, the Inter game, being the first Scottish team to make the last 16 of the, the Champions League, and that was a good side, that, but Adriano and all that mm -hmm. playing, and it was a top mm -hmm. side. How was that night? Because I remember watching the game, and uh, he's managed to get the result he's needed. What was a Champions League night like at Ibrox? Oh, was it always different? Mm -hmm. Let's see what. <coughs> This is I always like to see. Like, obviously, I've been I've been at Ibrox or that, and I've been at Old Forum games and stuff. But I always think European nights feel a wee bit different. Ah, they are hundred percent. Old Forum games are different from any other game. That's that's just a cauldron of hatred. It's, 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 it's no poison, but it's it's just the way it is. It's always going to be that way. And then well, maybe no new because the fans are uh, took out the equation. But uh, European was hundred percent better than. No, no league, normal league games are different because you're going out there expecting to win. When you're playing in the Milan at Ibrox with the chance of qualifying for the next round, then it's a wee bit different pressure that's put on you. And then obviously the music comes on. I was going to say, see that music? How good is that? What's that like as a player? Do you get, do you get the shovels not? No, you don't. You see, as a player, you Because I get it watching it in the telly, man. So I'm like, ah, they must be as They must be in the game like that. You're not thinking, oh, fuck that brilliant, that music. You don't, you're just concentrating on your game, right? This is what I need to do, yeah? And then after it, when you're looking back, you go, ah, fuck, the music is on. You're standing there and everybody's waving then all the backgrounds, like a big union jack in the crowd. It's not. You don't. I, I. I don't personally didn't think, or oh, I could remember things. I had to go back and watch nah. on the TV so that I go that far. And it's amazing. That. It's because let's let's be honest, Bob. You're sitting saying a boy for a Casey. You know what I mean? The Casey, yeah, it? Spring boy. Spring boy. Spring boy. Sorry. Uh, and then you're involved in these and involved in these nights. You know what I mean? Against these players and these memories at at Rangers. Not your boyhood club, man. It's. That's As you say, that's what I always say to people. Do you go back and do you look at, do you watch like a game in your career? Or do you do that or do you just, or is it just if it comes on, you'll uh, just, just maybe go, oh, I'll watch some, it and see uh, it? Somebody will send me something and I'll, I'll look at it and go, oh, fuck, see, I remember that now. But go back to the, the game you're talking about, the Tonferma game, the 6-1. There's, a, there's a, like the realisation, I think you're going you to you're going to win the game. We knew we would win the Aye. game, but know that, that thing, mate. So when you win the league, and at that point, at that stage, everybody's there with their shirt and ties on. And you kind of go outside because there's right. all the fans are at the front door. Yeah. You're, you're in Ibrox for a, like an hour or two after the game. And then the, the boys are like, well, we need to go out and celebrate. And, and that's when you go back to the superstars like the Alfred Newmans, all these Alberts. We actually ended up going, uh, some players had left, like Ronald De Boers and that were there. Mm -hmm. uh, they had left and we were all meant to go to the district. Like my dad's pal David Curry, he owned the district with the auntie and that at that point. Uh, they're like, right, come down, we'll, we've got a bit put away for you, come in and enjoy yourselves. And uh, it was basically just, it was a fucking, it was a rammy. Marvin Andrews was coming down the street. <laughs> Marvin Andrews, man. He's coming down the street, all the fans lining the street, he's out hanging out a motor roof. Uh, me, Craig Moore, Fergie, I think it was, Fergie was in it. A police van stopped, because we were walking down, all the fans had left, because they had heard there was players in Pearls Road West. So they all started leaving to go there. And we've come out of the stadium and there was a police van sitting. 
and the guy's like, where are you going? We're, like, we're walking down to the district, and he's like, you can't walk this fucking man, you? Yeah. you can't go there. So he took us in the back of the police van, <laughs> drove us after the district. Lucky that's the same guy think, for shuttles to <laughs> win there with his camera, oh, man. You think to yourself, but like, that would never happen now. Yeah. Uh, dropped us after the district, and then everybody's in, we're That on. makes you pure, that makes it, I think that makes the fans and the players feel as one, mate. See, when mm. you see them kind of mixing well, like I, that, I can picture that be? Me just saying it, I mean, obviously, Celtic fan and stuff, and it's the same on the other side with Celtic. There isn't it. I'm very biased on it, even with Celtic Rangers. I don't think there's anything anywhere else in the world like Celtic Rangers. And for you growing up as a Rangers fan, like Dax said earlier, I mean that's the dream going and winning a league mm-hmm. title with Rangers. Mm-hmm. It's like you see with Craig Moore. It's, um, I was watching the Rangers game the other day there against uh, Dundee. Craig Moore is um, on Rangers TV. You've got Petrov and all that, the audio stuff. These guys are unbelievably talented players and they can't help but come back to Celtic Rangers mm. where they, yeah, have it, they just yeah, love yeah. the club. And What's that like being as a, a player? I mean, I know you, you get the hard time you're saying you're under the pressure. What's it like now, say, with adulation you get for the fans? Yeah, I mean, that's, you, it's 50-50, mate. You're either you're taking, you're getting good praise or you're getting bad. So, look, and that's, that's saying you've got to be at Rangers, you've got to take it in the chin. You, you either take the good or the bad. Uh, is it hard most of the time. in your private life because I always wonder the players because even even now let's be honest like, like you see yourself and Barry Ferguson and then you've got the Celtic players as well and that, these are still known faces and known personalities and is it can it be a bit shitey when you go out and that and people are giving you a wee bit or when you're with your family and that or you're yeah, it used to be a, you, bit, a bit when I was still playing it was Aye. it was a pain in the ass but can you deal with it? I think when I was younger, I used to react it. Mm-hmm. But now I, I don't give a shit. They can call me whatever they want. It doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I understand it now. I probably I didn't understand it back then, but I do now, and uh, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't. Yeah. I should have should have blanked it years ago, but I never. Because sometimes I think we, I think sometimes we fans and I think we're all passionate. We all love our football and we all love our we all love our teams. Not, but I think if you see players out way outweigh the football part and I always think you should try and give that wee bit of... I remember... Um, a wee bit of respect or a wee bit of acknowledge that they're with their family and all that. I remember just just came when you were saying that, me and two of my mates were in the town, we must have been about 15 or 16, and we are walking through Princess Square and we saw Darren Jackson, so my mate's a mental Celtic fan and he's like, oh Darren, how you doing, how you doing? <laughs> he's like, how you doing? And then I swear to God, we must have went about 20 yards further into the centre. Peter Lovingcrans walked by. Yeah. And Lovingcrans is one that... Like quiet. Aye, you were never like... <laughs> you would have, let's say, Barry Ferguson or Chris Boyd, where Celtic fans would hate them. Yeah. Lovingcrans was very much, oh, it's Peter Lovingcrans. And I remember... Because he used to always score against Celtic. Yeah, I remember the 3-2 too. cup final. But I remember walking through, and I got quite annoyed at my mate. Genuinely, I walked through, and he's like, Peter Lovingcrans. And Lovingcrans turned around and smiled, and he went... You're a prick. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, why are you saying that to him? Loving Times was brilliant. He just looked at him and just walked away. And I was like, my mate, why'd you just say that to him? Uh, we but, we but, were in, remember the, old, the monkey bar? Uh, we were in there one day and uh, it was the same. There was like five or sixes. Me, Peter, Michael Ball, I think Craig Moore was there. And uh, a guy done the same thing. said to him, oh, Peter Loving And Peter turned around and the guy punched him. Uh, and he ran. That's horrendous, man. We, we all burst out laughing. Why are you picking him? He's the quietest guy in the world. Aye, but the thing is, he's the fastest. Oh, I'm also going to start to run and he wants to chase everything here. Look at the way. 
No, I mean, that's, I mean, that is horrendous you have to go through that stuff. I mean, it's bad that you're just on and laughing at me after getting cracked in a jaw. That's the things that he does look back and he's looking at you and Craig Moore. No, I know I'm buffing, I'm buffing loving cringe, isn't it? Oh, it's madness. So, back, back on you, he's of one um, at that point, which would have been the most dramatic finish in probably ever. And then he's of it Dundee in the League Cup, uh, sorry, Scottish Cup final. What was the build-up like to the Scottish Cup final and then playing in it? The build-up was fucking mental. <laughs> uh, so obviously the Sunday we went out, we went to the district and ended up steaming. The Mondays always, like after the, the first Monday after the last league game's uh, sponsor dinner. Mm. So the Monday was after the, the Sunday we woke up. So there was six years used to travel. Uh, then I'll, tell, I'll go back to the start of that season because then it, you'll understand why this, when I tell you the, the next bit of the story. Uh, there used to be six, six, five or sixes travelled in the same car. So it was me, Stevie Hughes, Kevin Muscat, Craig Moore and Fergie. Is this Shandy time? This uh, <laughs> so, uh, The club, used to be odd club motors, but the club gave Fergie a, like, a shuttle bus, it was called, a Honda shuttle thing, so it fitted everybody in it. So Stevie Hughes came and picked me up, or I would pick him up, we would go out to Volvo, or Hamilton to get Craig and Barry, and then we'd pick Muskie up on the way through in Volvo, then go straight to training. So this was every day, but after training, somebody would say shandy times, and it was a rule that you had to go for a couple of shandies. So every, every day pre-season, this is this what happened. So we went to New York, and the same thing happened again, but we got caught. Ballot McLeish caught us in the bar. So it kind of stopped it. And, uh, so then that, that that same group, after that league game on the, on the Monday morning, we went, right, we'll meet in for a couple of pints in the Camp Paul Volks. So <laughs> we meet in there, uh, and but we were on the train until like three o'clock that in the afternoon that day because of the sponsors' dinner. So we goes to the pub at 12 for the opening, ends up steaming again. So we've got, <laughs> our agent was there at the time, but we had the same agent. And uh, so we've says to him, look, we can't go to training, we're, we're all steaming. Can you phone up the gaffer and say that we, we can't come because we'll not be able to train? And he said, I'm not phoning the gaffer, I'm a fuck. So we've wound him up, wound him up, and he's in dirty phone, David Murray. And he says to the chairman, look, chairman, look, all the boys, they're, they're away with it. They'll no make training. There's no point in them going to training. And he's like, look, I don't give a shit. They better make the sponsors dinner. Make sure they're at the sponsors dinner because it's people putting a lot of, club to, a lot of money at the club. Right. So... <laughs> We goes, we eventually goes, we've got ties wrapped in our necks. <laughs> with this like boy who stays in Bordeaux came into the pub and he's like, Mon, I'll drop his half boy, he's a big bright blue fucking Bentley thing. Like the doors open, so we've all piled out, tripping over each other. And you can see all the boys are lined up, the most now the glass bit at the bottom. Aye. All the rest of the players are sitting there. And then you can just see them shaking if he's gone, ah, look at this day. Oh, <laughs> no, man. So the gaffers, the gaffers shouted us into this wee private room and he's like, don't, every one of these are fined. Uh, a certain percent of your wage and then we've come outside and I'm sitting thinking about it I can see Craig Moore going ah fucking prick Fergie going ah I can't believe I've just been fined and I'm just pissing myself laughing because I've came to realisation I'm mental. hardly getting anything good to a couple of thousands <laughs> but uh, so that, that was the Monday with the sponsors dinner then we got after that and then the Tuesday I don't know the one week and the next week there was two, di two different events on the Tuesday I think it was either Arthur Newman's leaving do, or with a Masur, Mark Stoll, he had a leaving do on the Tuesday as well. So we went to that on the, on the Monday, 
the gaffer gives us a Tuesday off because we were all drinking. He says, right, come in on the Wednesday. Uh, and we had went to the hang the Tuesday and it basically phoned up everybody and says, look, we know that you were all out. Take the Wednesday off and come in Thursday, Friday and we train properly for the, the, the final. And that's what happened. We were, everybody ended up out on the Tuesday again. We're off on the Wednesday. It's a bender, isn't it? Cup final Thursday. And that's what I mean. It, it was a joke. It should never it would never happen now. Uh-huh. Uh, and that me, Fergie, we had to get now the Diora lights off the dock. Aye. We had to get them before the game because it was roasting. We couldn't have struggling to run the oven, we couldn't do the toilet. It was a nightmare. Uh, Mikey Mose was the same, he didn't even drink. He was the same, he had to come off the cramp after like 65 minutes. Uh, it was a nightmare and we scraped through with 1 0. See, so obviously that's like, you, you see them talking about it and the, the normal punter thinks a football player shouldn't get tired because I'd take getting paid however much money and go and kind of play all week, play as many times you want. It's not quite like that. But for me, what I know is, see, obviously playing on the the week before and winning, and that has pressure on you, like insane pressure. I don't know if you thought it at the time, whatever. Do you think that has an impact on you, where you're just mentally fucked, where it's like, it's been so such a long season, such a tight season, and you've had that dramatic finish, and then obviously the bevy for four days didn't help. But do you think that can wear you down right at the end, the mental side of it? Can it can have a I physical it, impact? I think footballers are, it's mentally that get them. I don't think mm-hmm. it's physically. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's, you can go and run about. Aye. Play a game one day and then go and play a game the next day, it wouldn't have been a problem. I think it's more of the constant pressure you're under. And uh, that that's why you, you see people, players end up turning alcoholics and gambling addiction because of when they stop playing, there's nothing to occupy their mind. And well, see, see on that you're saying, um, again, <coughs> that people would say, and I mean, that, we don't know what it's like at the level you were at, but you see people would say, oh, well, pressure, you're going out and doing something you love. I remember, and again, it's at a much lower level, um, when I was a YTS at Clyde, I remember struggling with that side of it, and I don't know how maybe you can answer when, you're fin- uh, when I finish here, but I remember being in training all week and being one of the young boys training with the first team, and I really struggled. I couldn't take the mental side of it, where I got so nervous I would make mistakes, and first team players would give you a bit of hard time, and it would just be in my heat all day, and it would Aye. literally eat away at me, and I got too nervous going in the next day. And I wasn't good enough to go and play that level eventually anyway, but it really impacted me. Did you feel the same, particularly being in with guys who, you're looking at going, guys are world-class players, Champions League winners I'm getting in with. Did you feel that way? Or obviously you had a stronger mentality than I did because you were able to handle it at that level, but do you know what I mean? Is that something you no, thought about? No, to be honest, I never, I never, things like that never really came across my mind when I was younger. I think it's been brought to new because of all the mental health stuff that's going on now, but... Back then, I never really thought much. I can remember one of my first training sessions with Dick Advocate. Uh, obviously, I knew Charlie that for years. And uh, like I, I was one of the ones that used to train the way I played. I had to because I knew that if I'd done that in training, I'd, I was, I was going to have a chance of playing. And uh, I remember tackling Charlie, and he said, me fuck's sake, go, come down with the tackles. And I never even thought anything of it. And, uh, like a couple of weeks later, they done the same thing, and I'm like, that's the fucking, that's the way I train, you know, just mm-hmm. if, if you're not, don't go for the tackle then if you don't want me to tackle you. And, uh, and that, ever, ever since that, just, that's, that's the only real thing I've, I've never really had players 
everybody shouts, everybody in the yeah. making's taking training, but I never reacted like when thought oh, he shouted at me today. So, yeah. but I know there is players that do. I, I, I did. I mean, it's I've, like to go into like um, Slaney for open goal. It's something he speaks mm-hmm. a lot about, and it's like. You can see how much that affected him, where it was like he just could not take the pressure yet. I'm a clearly talented player. My big thing is, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a confident guy, and I'm. But when I was in that environment, I was a shadow of who I was. I, I was a moose, mate. I was mm-hmm. a moose. And, it, um, and then, see, now I love with so much regret because I should have just been, my, I should have just been myself, man. Mm-hmm. Sat in a corner, man, Bo- basically. Bob's going to get away. Bob's going to get away that. ジャンプスリーのアトレーナーのスリーのアトレーナーのスリーのアトレーナーのスリーのアトレーナーのスリーのアトレーナーのスリーのアトレーナーのスリーのアトレーナーのスリーのアトレーナーのスリーのアトレ
Uh, you know, <laughs> it's mental that's happening during the game. It shows know, it, it shows obviously even that can impact yeah. guys who are you're talking about um doing it darkly, <coughs> slotting boys even after mm. you've won. Guys with that laser sharp focus. But see, can't see even the thing was that Hibs Hibs knew that if they never get beat or they never get a down, then they were going into Europe. Mm. So they were just basically saying to us that you have it, just the keep ball, it there. Aye, aye. And then we all that right. So we knew that if we won then we won in the league, so we just kept it as well. <laughs> No, that's what it basically came, came a came a uh, sorry I gave my keep ball for the last ten minutes and it was mental. How was the celebrations for that after it? Same, we never had any. There was nothing in the dressing room no. because we never planned for it. And there was t-shirts and that. Jimmy always took t-shirts, uh, so that we got told to go in the dressing room for ten minutes because we were waiting for the the, the league to come. Uh, waited for that to come, then we went out celebrating with the fans. Back to Ibrox with our tracksuits on. And then, luckily, me and Big Tom knew a boy that had, that was running Tiger Tiger at that time, so we'd phoned him up. He says, look, obviously it's late notice. That the full first team and their families, that any chance you can sort this out? And he's like, come, we'll uh, shut the full place. Or no, we'll shut the full boat in the area, and uh, you can have whatever parties want. Brilliant. And we end up going there with our tracksuits on. You're you a social boy? You're a social convener? Oh, but you, no, no, nah. it's just, we were always out. Nah. So we, we knew, like... Tiger Tiger, the boy was a big Rangers fan that ran at that time, uh, Michael and that, so they sorted us out uh, and they got to join in the party as well. Nah, so we enjoy it. So. Um, one final question on Rangers, my mate, who's a big Rangers fan, Fraser, I'll give him a Fraser read, I'll give him a shout out, he asked me to ask you, who was the best player you played with at Rangers? Uh, Ronald DeBoer, probably. Aye. I if he wasn't my mate, I'd have said Fergie, but because, because he's came through the system, but talent-wise and ability-wise, Ronald Dubois was unbelievable. And that, and that was him, his knee was knackered at that point. So God knows what he was like at Ajax in Barcelona. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I remember both of them being ridiculously good, but some of the players you played were insane. Yeah, but see, see Ferguson, he's got, to be, he's got to be the best Scottish player. For him, he's got for the club and all the way, players there and all. So, so young as well, and then that, it's all right pressure having, because you've you're played, but... Scottish player and the captain, Aye. and ten and a half, one of the icons, Amoruso. Aye. Aye. And to go and do what he done was frightening. Unreal, mate. Unreal. Moving Unreal. on to your coaching side of the game, your first kind of proper coaching role, you've went in assistant manager with, with Barry at Blackpool. Obviously, the circumstances were a bit kind of iffy at the time. What was that like getting in there? For me, it was alright because I, for the year before that, I went to. Uh, Duke had his face job and he's like to me, can you come back and through and train? But I knew I'd already done my back and my ankle was knackered, so I said to him, I'll come through. But I knew that I was never going like, to be able to play at any, any level. But he said to me, just come through. It's part, they were part-time, so I went through on a Tuesday, big Gordon Chisholm, Stadron and Lindsay, so mm -hmm. he picked me up and we would travel through. Uh, we Dodgy was there helping out and all. And uh, Duke had that scare, we had the, 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 well, still don't even know what it was, if it was a stroke or just something, something happened to him. Uh, so he took a back step for the game and Chizzy took it, so he, Chizzy said to me, can you help me out coaching-wise? And I said, I ain't worries, I've never done it before, but I'll, Dave, I can put drills in that one. And done it and loved it. And I'd already been, at that point, taking my badges anyway with mm -hmm. Fergie on Belfast, so I knew that that was the next step. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, did that, loved it, and then at the end of the season, well, sorry, Billy, Billy Brown came in, 
Chizik, he, he didn't really want to do it. So he had left, he had an opportunity to go to Sunderland and do the scouting. So he left and went there, Billy Brown took over. And to be fair, Billy Brown probably gave me the, some of the best advice uh, going into coaching. Like, he used to go on a Friday night, sit down in the pub with his pals and write the team out who he was going to play on the Saturday. And then as soon as he put the team in his pocket, that was him when they speak about football that night. Saturday, deal with deal with the game during the day in the morning, play the game, and then after it, have the half an hour or whatever, 40 minutes in the changing room and in the manager's room. And then he would say it the rest of the weekends for his family. Mm. And, really cool. and that's the way that's, I've he said that to me, and I've tried to say that to Fergie, but Fergie's got a total different his just, fucking his head's just plays. That's what I've tried to do, even even though we're nowhere near the level that that uses it. I went for ages there, but I was taking my, I was taking the game home with me. Mm -hmm. My missus would sit and say, "You can't keep doing this for mm -hmm. me in the rain." So now co consciously, I, when I drive home, I try and as soon as I get the motor at the house, yeah. I try and just it. switch off. But it's hard, isn't it, when you're passionate and you're into it? But uh, I think she knows well with the. I don't know if you, you get it. Your level the. Like the analysis, the videos, boys, video. Aye, aye, aye get, get the it. cams. Aye, aye. So. Uh, like Craig Moore, he's obviously Kevin Muscat's from Japan now. He's like been in Australia coaching. He said to me that he used to go in and like what what we've done in the past as well, go in and like grill players and and I'd done it last last season with Kelty. Come in after the game and get one of the boys' belters and for we were one and two two one, and then we give a goal away, a couple of minutes to go, and then they score an injury thing. We us try to play for the back, and. Uh, Get the ball two cafes, and then we can see the penalty. They score three two, and they go through, and we're out. So I go in and give the boy a bit. Who, where I'm looking at the angle, think right. who's give the penalty away, and it was nothing to do with him. Right. So then he said to me, "What they do is they they'll go and look at the video before they'll go and comment on it." Right. Right. So then after that, I'm thinking to myself, "Well, that's instead of going in and showing it somebody that might not be their fault, and then you're having an argument in the dressing room, take yourself away from it and just try and." Basically, encourage them to do better than what, what they've been right. doing, and, and then on the Tuesday or the Thursday, whenever you go in training, and then pick up on the, the stuff yeah, that they've done wrong. But you like Bobby, you you hands on with the, with the sessions, then? You, do you take them, or does, does Barry I'll, take them, or that? No, both of us will do it. I'll, right. well, I'll set Everton up. It's normally passing drills and possession. Normal, Everton, simple. Mm -hmm. No, nothing crazy. I think boys, I think all the new super duper coaches are. Aye. Take things to the extreme. I think the game's simple, so you just keep the keep the training simple, and uh, the boys enjoy it better. They always want new games, don't they? So mm -hmm. give them new games at the end. I suppose see with being simple, see as long as intensity is good. That's something Sai Ferry spoke about was when he went and watched um, see, under Brendan Rodgers. He's like they were doing a triangle, you know. But it's like empty's just done that to be triangle mm -hmm. passing drill, yeah, and he's like the intensity was unbelievable. And yeah. For me, that's that's ah, just as important. Nice. As we, we say to the boys, we we train for an hour and a half, so if the gear Everton they've got for that hour and a half, then they'll not get them, there'll be nothing else. Mm -hmm. But if they mess about, then same, they'll still put the balls away and do day runs. Aye. I think Most of them, they buy into it, they do it. Some, you get the odd one who's a banker or something, they just don't, they're no, mm -hmm. just forget to do something that's mental. Aye. How their, their job, they've got <laughs> these crazy jobs and then they come so with a ball. Oh, but you feel it's a simple, simple instruction. instruction. See, when how did it come about that obviously he's played together and he's on mates and stuff, was it always going to be, if you assume Barry's spoken about it before 
um, when you were still playing that you were getting coaching you would date together or did it just no 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 uh, never we'd never spoke about that to be honest uh, just happened to be that I think he was was he still playing I think he was, he was still playing I think he was uh, I was at his I'd done that year at his five and then I'd done my coaching back no the two's done my coaching badge at the same time sorry so it was the, it was the following year uh, we were booked on them already but because he needed somebody that he could trust to take down to Blackpool because he was still playing at that yeah. point uh, he brought off some Ian Malky Thompson down and uh, then it kicked on for that summer that we both went and done the coaching badges together and then but it was never it was never spoken about John like no, it just happened John, to. John playing it was just happened that way obviously you've had the Blackpool I said it was a bit of a time you've managed to save them for relegation then he's have left. What was the reason for his leaving? He's asked to stay, or was it always no, going to be the case? It was honestly Blackpool was mental. Uh, they were on a, I, I don't even know the stats. If I give you what to tell you, but I think they were on a crazy run of like ten games that they had in the one or something. But they, they had a good start to the season, and they got so many points, and they, they managed to hang on to them. Uh, so I think when we went to the fourth bottom or something, or third bottom, and but all fight, like fighting relegation. No. And uh, the frustrating thing for for us was that we were playing teams that were like running about the same level as us, and uh, we were drawing points to them and playing good, but no no getting the points. But in the end up, they managed we managed to keep them up. But it was it was a whole it was a farce. It was like the chairman at that point was mental. Him and the fans hated each other, and he knew that, and he would play on it. Like, I don't know if you remember the game when it was on Sky with the. Throwing the tennis balls and the oranges yeah, down right. onto the pitch. Right. Well, he was up in the director's box, him and his son. I think his son was only at that point 10, 11. And the two of them have got tennis rackets and they're batting balls back and forward to each other, basically just taking the piss out of the fans. Right. Yeah, yes. But the thing is, they don't realise that then the fans, when they're getting beat, it's coming, right, it's coming yeah. to us. Yeah. We're the ones that are getting the pills. Right. But we might be managed to do I don't. I don't think that it was a sinking ship. And obviously the next season they got relegated, but I suppose it ended up working out well in a sense. You might <coughs> keep them up, but you didn't have to be sucked into it all once you've walked away. You've went to Clyde after that. You've been a few years there. What was your time there like? It's good. It's good. Obviously we went there and there was already there was basically a squad sitting, so we walked into a job that the players were already signed. Uh, we managed to bring in a few a few players uh, with the ones that were already there. And started well. We played. I think we played a couple of games. I don't know if it was that the first. That may have been the first year that League Cup thing started. Mm-hmm. The, the sections. Uh, played Kilmarnock and that and done well. Should have beat them. Uh, but started reasonably well and then kind of a went near Christmas time and fell away. That was the first season. Then the next season, obviously, was a big revamp again. Brought in better quality of players. Players that play, play in the Premier League Championship, so but that, I think you need to be in at the part time level for a few years before you can start doing things like we brought in players that play the high level, mm-hmm. but weren't ready for that their leagues. I think that's something we see a lot of levels. You get boys brought down for even if it is part time for the seniors into the juniors, where it's a different type of football and guys don't always deal with it really well. You look at Davil having a, a reasonable season, they're doing well in the Scottish Cup. But you look at uh, like Talbot, who are packed for boys who have played juniors their whole career, yeah. know exactly what it's about, 
and can go and beat mm-hmm. pretty much everybody. Whereas Darvel, I mean, they've got Ian McShane and that yeah. won a League Cup and stuff. Quality football players, but it maybe takes a bit of time for them to get used to a new style of football. You're saying we boys yep. drop them down for, mm-hmm. for that. You've yep. gone on to Kelty. For me, I'm at this point, we don't have a lot more time, but Kelty's kind of Irish level that we talk about. They've done really well. You did well. You've obviously got them promoted into, into the senior football and stuff like that. And I imagine just looking through the side, the club are very good ways in terms of being able to gaze everything mm-hmm. or everything you can get for that aid, that kind of stage. What was your time like at Kilty? I loved it. Uh, loved every minute. There was the first the first year we went, or the, we went. I think it was October or something. Uh, they were they were sitting top of the league, but I think they they knew that there was. And I don't think they knew with the squad that they had it was never going to be able to keep up the I think it was a whole they go, came up for the juniors and kicked on and the, the squad that they had did, they done brilliant but it started there was a few ageing players and started getting niggly injuries and stuff and kind of a, didn't have a big enough squad to, to keep it going then the next season it was the same full revamp bringing in players that no played at bat yeah. Premier League it was more League 1 League 2 level uh, Come and play in the Lone League and players that could handle the ball and they came in and they had the ground running straight away again. You said your, your game in the Scottish against the Talbot um, and these are, I think it's 3 0 the beaties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember watching that game. Um, you were kind of a bit more a football side than them. Mm-hmm. Talbot are, they are very, very good at what they do, they're very physical and stuff, but they have got quality going one games. See, after that game, I don't know if it's something you've never thought about just because it's your level, did you think? We maybe need to do a wee bit more here because mm. this is a. They were even though the league below in a sense, they're a bit of the benchmark at that, that yeah. level. It's not. We, we knew it was going to be a hard game, but I, but I think, like what you're saying, after that game, me and Fergie both sat down and said, look, we can't just play football against teams like, like this. Aye. We're going to come up against teams like that in our league. Uh, how are we going to deal with it? And basically, it was the same as what you would do years ago. Turn them and. Aye take them in behind and see if they like defending then then you get the space to play but that game we thought we could just come out and play and beat them yeah. so that, that's, that's, that was your mistake from all looking at it that, that's one of the ones where you've seen it um, they beat Hamilton recently they beat Air United a couple of years ago see unless you've been at that level and it, it's not it's maybe an unconscious ignorance you have because you don't know you don't, you don't realise that what these teams are like and what they're good at so I suppose it's uh, Maybe a good learning curve as well for you. No, it was, in. but we, listen, we knew we knew they were a good team. Aye. We went and watched them. I'd went and watched them when they were signing Gormley, and the, the team probably didn't change that much. Mm. Uh, we watched them before when they build up to our game. We had them watched with scouts and stuff. We, we knew that we knew that the, what the threats was, but we still thought that we could go and play our game and that it could I, happen. I, I find for them is um, watching them, they don't look brilliant when you watch them, but see when you play against them, they're yeah, so see, effective at what they did. They've done, they played, we played Bonnie Rig with Alloa last mm. week and it was the same. They're, they're the, not the exact same team, but similar mm. style of play, where they, they want to play in your half, get free kicks, put the ball in the box and they fight for scraps and score goals. Uh, and we played, we set up a team that to counter that and end up we beat them 5-0 and I don't remember them ever getting beat that no, no. That well, look, they went to play Dundee and only lost by a goal you know what I mean so yeah. and especially in the Scottish Cup it's an impressive result because I know we're talking we're talking about Kelty but 
because the teams, it's, it's a big one-half game for them to go and try and take a scalp, not so. You know yourself, both for playing even against these teams when you played for Rangers, not you. You're, all your all the expectations on you to yeah. win the game. It's a horrible game to play in because everybody's wanting the weird team to no. try and take a scalp, and all that. So it's a it's a hard one. My big thing, my big thing is, was how hard and how much did you deliberate for for you to leave and take that original? Yeah, because exactly. I think that. Kelty is a club with the infrastructure there and it's a it's a club gone place. He's obviously Kevin Thompson who's you'll you'll know well he's went in there and he's carrying it on well, but how hard was that for you to make a move to Iowa? Well, to be fair it was fair good spoke to them after the after we got promoted the the breaking game, we went back to Kelty for a, a party with the staff and the players and like the, the board and stuff. And it was basically he just done it there and then. Mm. I don't I don't know how long he knew about that before, but we we had no like he said to me that it was interest, but he never said that anything that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I, I was basically the same as the. I knew I knew that it was also interest for a couple of, a couple of clubs, not just Alloa, but uh, so I was the, the same as everybody else. I didn't know until uh, he told him that night that he was leaving. So then obviously that's. Decision was made. The decision it? was done, so that was that basically. How how much do you think we Alawa being like? Alawa have got a quite a good track record there late of having managers like Jim Goodwin, Jack Rossner, who have used not like a stepping stone because they wouldn't want to. You're there the new, and you wouldn't want to be. You know, want to be disrespectful to Alawa, but if you, it's obviously a club that a lot of teams maybe look at. You see, oh, if they're doing a good job there, maybe take a wee punt them because these guys are doing well in the Premier League. I know. Listen, I was a big club. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a good fan base. I know that there's been a bit of stuff put on. That there's uh, been bits where John Games where fans are arguing with the coach and staff or whatever other way about. But at the end, that happens anyway. It's bigger at part time because you can hear Aye. the players can Aye. hear the fans shouting. If it's an individual, they can hear them. Nature of the beast mm-hmm. at that level, yeah. isn't it? But. It's just something you need to go on with. It's, but I don't. That that never. I think the way the gaffer was looking at it was it's a. What's your jump? Two leagues. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity then to. Yeah. To go and test yourself at that level. It's a higher level that he's been at. Clyde was League, league Two, so yeah. League One, and then obviously what we want to take Alwa back into the Championship and then go further on that. Well, on on Alwa, just before we finish up, he's just kind of using that back a position now where. He's only too far away for relegation or the playoff place, but at the same time, you're just as close to mm-hmm. that fourth spot for the playoff to get in. Is that the aim? That's the aim for this season is to get into, at least into that fourth place, I take it? No, the, the, aim, the aim at the start of the season was to win the league. F- from uh, kind of now, though, from, from the position from now, you're in? No, we, we still think that we can go on a run. But listen, we're not, we're not scared of the, the big teams. We've, we've played them and we've not had anything to worry about. We've beat Queen's Park, we've drew with them. Uh, beat Falkirk, drew with them. Uh, we got a man sent half against Cove after 18, 19 seconds, so I kind of recall it was that game. But the games we've played, we've, we've, no, we've no seen anything that. Obviously, we've got good players, we know that, but we've no seen anything during the game wise that, that we're worried about that they're going to run away. The, the problem is getting a consistent performance. We're good three, four weeks in a row, and then we had a, a bubble and we're, 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 we go back into our shell for two weeks. And it's and it's mostly with the, the teams that are fighting at the bottom who we struggle against. Mm-hmm. 
again, East Fife at the weekend. Uh, draw with them, get a man sent off again. So five games this season we've had a man sent off, which is kind of That's not an order of third year games. Aye. So yeah. that, that's that's points that we've we've seen that have been thrown away. If you if you take the points into consideration then you would be fighting at the top of the league. We'll see on that it's only sixteen games in the league he's have played. It, you've seen with, with Rangers under Gerard where he was fortunate enough he had time. It took him three years to get the team to pretty much the way he wants it mm-hmm. to, to go on. In modern football you don't get a lot of time but I suppose ultimately it's not really your team yet. Mm-hmm. You've still I mean they're your team but sixteen games is not a long time. Maybe in a year's time as well they'll be playing the way you want them to play. So there's always further to no, go. Definitely. But look, we're gonna end it there, Bob. That was brilliant, mate. I really appreciate it and we no, wish you all mate. the best for the rest Thank of the season. You. Um everybody thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed this. We a really good one. We, we yeah, guys. you're not going to get somebody nah. coming on that's going to f- nah. tell you Merlin stories Bob, and stories and played with players like that. So brilliant, Bob. Thanks no very much. Thank you. Um, as always, if you could like the episode and subscribe to the channel, we'd appreciate it. Cheers for watching. <laughs>